Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jet Blanket Stream with another episode of the Zone Podcast. Today with me, we have Koki Gatsu. How are you doing today? Man, today I'm doing pretty well. A little tired, but I'm doing pretty good today, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Doing awesome. Uh, for this episode, it's just going to be the two of us, and we're going to be talking about a couple of topics. It will be Black Dynamite, Cannon Busters, and the Boondocks. <laughs> yes, these three in particular were produced kind of, at least LaShawn Thomas helped uh, make these things, along with Children of Ether and Legend of Korra. But uh, we'll save those two for a later time. But let's just get on these main three right here that we uh, got on our plate right now. Uh, for starters, Cannon Busters. What I like about Cannon Busters is if you've seen Yasuke, at least heard of our previous episodes, we did talk about Yasuke. Uh, but just to paint a picture, it's like a space western anime or cartoon because, you know, even though LaShawn Thomas is a black man, he was based in Japan. So it's, Cannon Busters kind of blurs the line between anime and American cartoons. So you could say it's like an American anime, but it was made in Japan, so it's kind of like, ah. Uh... <laughs> it still counts. I mean, the th- I mean, the thing about it is it doesn't matter so much on who writes it. It's more so about the, like, the production of it, animation of it. All that, was, all that was done in Japan. So to pretty much everyone's list onto that one, they consider it an anime because it was produced in Japan. Regardless of whatever fights everyone tries to give about. You know, considering the fact how Netflix animes go anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, it is on Netflix. So do check it out if you uh, haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it, go ahead and, you know, jump off this episode. We don't want to spoil anything for you, well, even though we're trying not to spoil too much. But we are going to go into some details. Now, this story is about imagine this Western Badlands to where pretty much anything goes. It's like lawless, really. And you have these mechs gliding around. You have magical people. You have androids. A whole bunch of shit going down. And it's centered around three people. There's Philly the Kid, who... In a way, he reminds me of Vastus Stampede from Trigon, as well as Afro Samurai, maybe like Mugen from Samurai Champloo. Like, it's kind of there when you see it. Like, you can kind of tell with LaShawn Thomas and all of them. He, they probably like watch those shows and I was like, hmm, imagine we create a character who like fits all that in a way. It's almost like he definitely probably watched on um, Toonami like back in the day when. I mean, it's probably still going on right now because they recycle those anime a lot, but, you know, Samurai Shampoo and Trigon late at night on Cartoon Network, uh, Adult Swim Block, and it was great times. Golden times. And, uh... I yeah, I feel that, man. <laughs> like... Oh, man. Yeah, like, Toonami's was wild back then, too. It was like... 
Not only mm-hmm. did they have like the after school block, they had like late night. They did a special block on Saturday. They even had one for Sunday, but you know they that got old faster than anything. Uh, ooh, but yeah, you no know, America's a Sunday. American and the Sundays, you know, you can't can't do too much on Sunday. Yeah. I will say, I, even though I haven't really had a chance to watch Cannon Busters, I do want to get the chance to watch it soon. I just need my internet to stop. You know, f with me on that. When I look <laughs> at the design for Philly the Kid, I can tell definitely he is designed straight after <laughs> after um the anime Cowboy Bebop. Like you can, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, he looks like the spitting image of our main character in that show. <laughs> Just yeah. bigger, bigger hair, a scar across his face. I mean, I saw the trailer. I did see the chance to see the trailer for it when, like, when it first came out back in like 2000. I think it was like 2015, but like I was like, wait, I say, is this Cowboy Bebop? In the, another sense, like I don't know, this looks interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can just tell that it has that nostalgic vibe. Like a lot of reviewers did say that it does have that 90s feel to it, so that's why it feels like wow, it looks it looks familiar based on animation style, but it's a whole different thing. Now, Philly the Kid, he is like Vasta Stampede and, you know, like I said, like Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. But the thing with this guy is kind of like with some protagonists, he's an immortal man. But his catch is whenever he dies and comes back to life, a new number shows up on his body. Like, if you saw him um, shirtless, you'll see like numbers like 17, 22, whatnot. So, yeah. Right. Not only that, but he has this cool gun that he's very proficient with. Like, it's one of those advanced looking guns. If you've seen Psychopath and you see those Dominator guns, it's like that, but, you know, not that advance is you know dial it down a little bit uh i want to say think more like the main character from the irregular of magic high school his gun looked kind of like that okay yeah and not only that it gets even wilder this dude got this like caddy coop deville like ride that has bullhorns as on um grill but the funniest thing about this is it can transform into a bull mecha robot whenever he needs to and i was like whoa this dude got like a whole kit of things going on with this guy (laughs) and yeah he's pretty much number one most wanted man in the badlands so it's like he's kind of putting luffy to shame being (laughs) number one Similar to you know, Vasta Stampede being like what worth uh, mm. how, how much was Vasta Stampede worth? I was thinking like 50. his price went up like every time throughout the series, so honestly, there's really no way to know exactly how much he was called. But yeah, you, I think like when the series started, he was like one million, and then like it just kept increasing because all the extras they kept doing, yeah, all those collateral damage, um, and all that. So you know, Vasta Stampede and 
the insurance ladies chasing after him. I was like, yo, explain all this. Like, how are you doing all this? Like, it's not my fault. It's an accident, you know? It's like, sometimes my arm just do this thing and it, things explode and it's not my fault, I swear. Uh, if I could you mentioned about that car, like when I saw it in the trailer, and then even now, like when I see like little clips that people talk about. So when I watch it, I can definitely tell that LaShawn definitely went back with like Tsunami, and I could tell he definitely grew up like how we grew up with Tsunami. Because why is it that when I'm looking at this bull, I think that's what's called bull. Why is it when I look at bull, I'm thinking of Megas XLR? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I love that show too. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Now, with Cannon Busters, there's two more characters that I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. Reason why I say that Philly the Kid kind of reminded me of uh, Mugen is because the attitude is just right there. Like, especially when you hear him in English dub, it's like the attitude is all there. So when you hear it, it's like, oh, okay. He definitely, Sean Thomas definitely watched Tsunami when he grew up. I, at some point, I like, you can't tell me that. <laughs> I was like, but mad respect for that, for real. Now, um, two more characters. There's Sam. He's an android that is literally programmed to be friendly, like, you know, kind of like a ambassador of sorts, so where, you know, kind of diffuse situations like she's kind of like a comedic effect to this story like she's like the comedic counterbalance to philly's more serious altercations now um hmm. even though yes she is a friendly robot she also has more character to her like she kind of approached things in a more was the world looking for pacifistic way mm. yeah like she's like a peace peacemaker of sorts like she's trying to resolve issues in a most tranquil uh, harmless way possible you know what i mean now one more character that is sent around casey now casey is like a full droid she's not an android like sam but like a full droid now, the funny thing about Casey is that she is an obsolete model and she is aware of that and she doesn't want to like break down and cease functioning. And the funniest thing, she's one of those characters that find scraps, you know, junk, all sorts of things and try to restore them because it's in a way Casey being a droid, it's like one of the most human characters in this show because like, I I feel for this machine. I don't want it to just rust and cease functioning and all that. So it's kind of like she restores other machines because in a way, it's like she wants to keep living for herself as well. So it's like an empathic relationship with her trying to restore all these machines and whatnot. It's it's nice. It's real nice. Okay. So 
Yeah, in a sense, Philly the kid, Sam, and Casey gets into these shenanigans, but ultimately they try to get to this prince that Sam knows in order to do something. Uh, I did say I wasn't going to try to spoil much, but then again, I just straight up forgot what was the point of their <laughs> journey to see this <laughs> prince. Uh, I, I literally did. Like, I had it, and then I lost it, but then again, I'm not trying to spoil too much, so I think that should be enough to... Uh, say for the listeners out there check out canon busters on netflix and also check out the any manga zone on facebook if you are interested in other anime like this uh now moving on let's talk about black dynamite now oh, <laughs> oh god i revisited black dynamite because i watched this back when it was like fairly new but it's been a while, so I went back and watched it. And, bruh, first of all, okay, let's talk about the movie first, because then, in all fairness, <laughs> the movie was before the series, and the series is like yeah. a different continuity from the film, so it's only fair to talk about the film first. Now, the film, bruh, this film was corny as hell. <laughs> like it was good, but it was corny as hell. Like, I mean, think, think about the time period it came out in. Like, I know, I know, that was, it was like seventies, but it was like a bad seventies kung fu <laughs> faux oh. black detective shit going on. He wasn't, he wasn't a cop or anything. He was just some dude running around trying to uh, stop criminals, like. He's like Giorno Giovanna from Part 5 with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. He's the guy that's like, no, we don't want people out here selling drugs. And then that dude laying back on um, sofa is like, but Black Garden, like, I sell drugs <laughs> to the community. And they're like, dynamite, dynamite. I was like, just staring at the dude. I was like, you know you fucked up, right? <laughs> Listen, so you can't, we cannot really mention the movie. We can't really talk about the movie without at least mentioning something, that one movie that's directly tied to it of course that honestly dynamite black dynamite was based off of it and to the point they even remade a whole new that eddie murphy had the whole new movie with and if you haven't seen oh don't dolomite, tell dolomite if you have oh, not seen dolomite. dolomite you have to watch the original and you have you have to watch the one with eddie murphy it was recommended to me to watch it and i was honestly nervous i wasn't sure if i was going to enjoy it or not and first off, it's not for kids. There is yeah, yeah. lots and lots of nudity. <laughs> there is lots of drugs. Is uh, just understand. <laughs> so, I mean, Dol- Dolomite was made to be specifically a comedy. It wasn't made to be serious. It was made specifically to be over-the-top comedy. And it was one of the first few movies made by a Black person that was able to be famous for what it was. Mm. So, you know, come on, like that's that's just one of the biggest things into it. So Do- Black Dynamite is just taking it a step further. Like it's literally taking Dolomite even further, putting him as like, this is my hood, this is my neighborhood. You're not going to just bring your drugs and stuff in. I mean, the, the premise of it, of course, is brought in because during the time period, white supremacy was like one during its highest. Mm. During that time, it was very easily put into the fact that, you know, if you live, if you was black, you live in the hood, you drunk, 
the specific alcohol 40s. Um, you specifically there was high in crack, even though technically during that time when they really checked it out was not actually the highest in cocaine sales and stuff like that. But based mm-hmm. on media during those times, it was high in cocaine, high in coke sales. You did all types of drugs. It, you would never amount to anything unless you got out the hood type of thing. And it was during that time that was what was it like racism didn't even end like the the it was just signed for everyone to be treated equally but it wasn't enforced yet so mm-hmm. you know everyone was still looking down on the black man for everything so at that point you know this is one of those ones was like i'm gonna police my own neighborhood i'm gonna be my own black panther type of thing and they made it they took something serious and made it hilarious <laughs> it made it something that we can enjoy during that time that was what everyone loved uh, every black man loved kung fu and naked chicks. <laughs> you know, there's like, a word for this. There's a word for this. Uh, black exploitation. Yes. It's a black exploitation action comedy film. Yes. Yes, definitely. So I mean, no. and they did it wonderfully though. Like the movie yeah. was the movie is one of those ones you could go back and watch now. And you know it's corny. You know it's like, what in the world am I watching? But you can't look away because it is hilarious. <laughs> you can laugh your mind off. It is, oh my God, I'm enjoying this. How am I enjoying this? Why am I enjoying this? No, I'm just here for the ride, bro. <laughs> you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about some of the few things why I said this, this movie. And, well, the series... It's not as corny, and I'll explain why. But this film, though, let me say why. Okay. First of all, the kung fu scene to where he was like, sweet, sweet. I was like, bruh, that's so extra, man. Like, no one else does that but you. Why? Like, you don't have to be doing all that. Well, think about it this way. If you can, if you just imagine you walking down the hood, you doing something you ain't supposed to be doing, and all you hear is sweet, you automatically know you you messed up. <laughs> Black dynamite dude, right around the corner, you about to, you about to get lit up, right? So <laughs> this dude like reminds me of uh, Afro Bruce Leroy type shit, like with the he's fucking the chance and yeah, like with the headband and all that. Like, bro, black Chuck Norris, bro. That's what he is. I mean, it's Chuck Norris lead, not but... the West. <laughs> but hold on, hold on. I want to also throw in a little James Bond because the way he be talking to these women and be uh, flirting with these women, he, he kind of like James Bond in a way. It's like you know it's gonna happen, right? Like you don't fuck that moment. You um walked up on me, like you know, with that nurse and all that. Yeah, like they, you know. they knew it was down the moment he looked at him. If yeah, he at, like he looked at you. Later in that episode, you're gone. You're done. He was in bed. He was just at work. It was just oh, look the hood. Like just give that one eye. All you gotta do is look. As soon as you look, you be like, well, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I will say probably one of the biggest differences between the movie and the series, like you said, it's not directly related. In the movie, he's literally just. This guy is going out there policing the neighborhood. In the series, yes, he's policing the neighborhood, but he also runs an orphanage. Yeah. So, so uh, he wound up. 
Oh, oh uh, I was just going to throw out there that uh, I did look into it. Like, okay, in the early 1970s, uh, this is where this is based on. He was a Vietnam War veteran and a former CIA officer. So, okay, I can understand that he has the training and all that. But my thing was, uh, so he's basically a vigilante. That's that we want me to believe. <laughs> he's a merc. Let me put it this way. Um, he's a merc. And I'm going to tie this into a video game that recently came out a couple years ago. And definitely check out our arcade zone. Love being able to talk about all types of video games. Uh, Mafia 3. (laughs) 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 That right there. So Mafia 3, without really spoiling the story, because it happens in the first few minutes. Dude is a war veteran. He served his country. I think this takes place like a little bit after World War II. So he served his country. He's helping out, but he comes back to America. Of course, America's still racist. Um, he's, <laughs> half, he's half black. So unfortunately, don't, that's the only thing they see from him. You know, you're half black. All I see for you is black. That's it. So mm. comes back. He's just trying to live his life. And unfortunately, due to racism, he winds up losing everything. Literally losing everything. Everything. And what happens is, is that instead of dying because he took a shot to the head. He did a 50 cent thing, bro. He took a shot to the head, but instead of dying, he came, he's, he survived in the hospital. He survived. And when he got back up, he wound up reaching some of his old contacts and he's like taking over the city. And the whole game is literally just you making power moves to become the <laughs> boss of the city. <laughs> and that's the whole game. Wow. Itself. <laughs> and to me, that that's pretty much the same concept for like Black Dynamite. Like he literally came back. I served my country. I did everything for y'all lives that y'all won't get off y'all behinds to do. And I come back and you spit on me and try to treat me and my people like shit. No, we're not doing that. So we finna end this right now. I'm finna take over my city, and I'm finna make it the way it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it's, now, it's a good concept. Yeah. Now, um, with Black Dynamite, okay. For the most part, he is a solid dude, but uh, one more nitpick. Well, two more. And then I want to talk about some of these other characters here. Uh, one, why is it, even though he knows good and well that he fought Vietnamese people, he still thinks uh, they're speaking Chinese, like Bruh, it's Vietnamese. Every time he sees an like an Asian person, it's like just Chinese. Just assume they're Chinese. I'm like, bruh, that is very offensive. You need to stop that. Was that. Also, that was also a ploy um, picking on during that time period too, um, because during that time that was actually very common that not just black people but white people too looked at all Asian people as the same. It wasn't so much like, oh, you know, oh, this is from you're from a different country. No, to them, Asia was one country. You were from different parts of Asia. To them, they thought it was from different parts of the hood. You were still American or whatever. You're still Asian type of thing versus like, no, I'm not Chinese. I'm not just Asian. I'm from a different part of Asia than China. Don't try me like that type of thing. But come on, America was racist. And that was one of the things that Uh, boy. Wasn't around the 70s when, I'm sorry for interrupting, but wasn't around the 70s when, around that time when they tried, you know, when Japanese people 
um, Japanese refugees from, I believe it was Pearl Harbor or something like that. It was around that time period where they tried to, you know, um, they tried to, I'm trying to think, because I know they tried to, like, they treated Asians, especially Japanese people, awfully bad around that time. Like, I want to say either the 70s or 80s or somewhere around that time, but, you know, wartime, somewhere. Remember World War II, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, they 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 hit now at that at when Pearl Harbor happened. Remember, this whole there's stories about it. There's diaries of people from it. Literally, America did concentration camps. America, yeah, that's the word for concentration camps. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of our dark history. When Pearl Harbor happened, if you were Asian, it wasn't even just Japanese. If you was Asian, they came after you. It's how everyone yeah. said that was when. That was when it really showed that, oh, everyone's the same. And like, bro, I don't even live in Japan. You think I communicated to them and told them, hey, come and bomb their ships. And you think I'm just going to try to come and live my life here like it's, like it's nothing? No, man. Like, I had friends here. I had a family here. I didn't have anything to do with that. But right, no care. There's no care. And then, yeah, they put them all in concentration camps and stuff. Yeah, no. So, yeah, they remember this... Like that dynamite took place same about same time as I had mentioned the Mafia Three game. Yeah, it took place right after World War Three. Not three, sorry, World War Two. Oh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, no, just, okay. Yeah, so I was like, it was like in that transition at least, not like the exact same time, but in, at least in the transition of those times. Yeah, yeah it was. Like everything was meant to as a ploy, and whether or not they did it well or not depends on the. No, the person, and everything, but everything in the writing was put in there on purpose. The whole thing was specifically meant to be to pick on everything that we do. That's why I had mentioned about Dolomite because that's what Dolomite was about too. Like when that's one of the things they also touched base on in the Eddie Murphy adaptation of it when they talk about the guy who wrote Dolomite and his life and stuff like that. Like that was one of the things he mentioned. He was like, I literally pick on everything that happens. Like when he when he's a comedian, he joked on everything. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm gonna joke on this, but leave this alone, or I'm just gonna mention this and I'll, I'll write this and stuff into it. No, they wrote every little aspect of what was going on during that time that every black person dealt with, and they put it in a movie and made it comedy. So mm-hmm. most things that a lot of people was like, I didn't like how they did this and this. That just sounds it, it just feels so wrong. It was wrong. Oh uh, yeah, we had a fucking dark history like read a book oh wait that's right they edit the books my bad <laughs> exactly <laughs> they don't they give you a narrative really they give you a narrative what american history is like they don't give you the full story that's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but um on a serious kind of serious note just want to throw it out there hashtag stop asian hate okay just saying Amen. Yeah. Amen. Because I understand if we're trying to call this COVID, the Chinese virus and stuff like that, it was one corporation with one scientist doing wow. some How'd that go full circle when you think about it? Yeah. It did, <laughs> definitely. And it didn't help the fact that the corporation that helped fund the scientists, you know, had to went through under fire right before COVID even came out. Before it was really announced that it was becoming a global pandemic and stuff, that you know they wound up having the issue with that whole umbrella symbol 
Mm-hmm. That's a discussion for another time. <laughs> now, getting back into the more lighthearted subject of mm. Black Dynamite. Another thing I like about Black Dynamite, and then I'm going to try to get on these other characters and move on to the boondocks. Uh, I don't like the way he be talking to Euphoria. Like, bro, what does she do? <laughs> like, every time she says something, I'm like, bro, you don't have to talk to her like that. Like, you just yelling her to um, put her on blast on everything. Like, um, she oh, she would even give him a compliment, and I was like, Euphoria, goddamn it, do you want me to go? Oh. <laughs> uh, I was like, he just be talking to her like he just want to beat the shit out of her for no reason. I was like, bro, why are you like this? Like, what does he do? Because that's his how He's a pimp. Remember, he's he's still a pimp. Black Dynamite, even though he polices his place and everything like that, he's still a pimp. <laughs> that never changed. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, like, okay. I, I, you don't have to tell me that, but at the same time, it's like, why this one chick though? Like, is it is that just uh, a punching bag, like a comedic punching bag for you? It's like, okay, you need this one chick that you need to pick on because you know, you know, I'm hard on you, but it's only because I love you so much and I just want you to be able to have resilience against shit like that. You know, there's some blanket undercover reason why he would be doing this, but it's like. Why this one chick though? Like I don't understand if you like talk that way to all the others, but it's just this one chick that seems to be doing nothing wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Just being picked on. That's that's just how it works, bro. They always like that's what pimps do. I mean, they they find one, they humiliate that one to keep all the rest of them in line. That was like the oh, thing. Okay. one thing though. I tell you who this one person, who that one person wouldn't be. You want to talk? Bring up some other characters. That damn sure wouldn't be Honeybee. Oh, Honeybee. yeah. Honeybee <laughs> she was like the shit out of you talking to her in type of way. Black Dynamite, I may be, I say I may be your hoe. <laughs> but um, you ain't finna talk to me any kind of way. Try me. Try me, Black Dynamite. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> yeah, bottom bitch. Almost madam vibes going on. Like, you just can't tell her shit. Like, uh, she, like, Kind of getting back into the series, like, bro, like, she wouldn't give it up for nobody. Nope. Like, like, uh, it was Bob Marley tried it. Nope. Uh, who else tried it? But, uh, it didn't. Every, everybody tried it. Cream yeah, corn. like, pretty much everybody tried it, but, nah, nothing. Cream corn trying all day, every day. He's like, come on, man. Just, uh, you know, just, just look, no. <laughs> like, in all fairness, though, like, Cream corn, he come off as such a puss that I feel like uh, Honeybee would just chop him in half. Like, oh, just you know she got the legs, remember? Yeah, like just, mm, just just imagine like kung fu thigh grip. Oh, like oh shit, ah! It's like just a Venus flytrap going on down there. It's like, oh no, it's a trap. And I was like, it's going to be the best thing I ever regretted. <laughs> oh God. But um, yeah, cream corn. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care for cream corn. Bullhorn though. Dude, like. Ooh, bro. <laughs> you can't tell nothing to bullhorn. Bullhorn mess you up, try his mind. <laughs> Not only that, but I just admire the dude where he pretty much rhymes everything. I was like, how do you keep that up, dude? Like, it's like, 
he must be think he must be really smart. Like he got to think on his feet to be come up with rhymes. Like literally everything he says is a rhyme. You have to be sharp for that shit. I I don't care what anyone says. I feel like you have to be real sharp to keep that shit up. Absolutely, you have to have an extensive vocabulary in order to do that yeah. because the, the fact that he's able to come up with anything off the bat like is nothing in order to try to rhyme it off. Yeah, I mean that's that's bullhorn for you. Bullhorn runs everything bro like bullhorn is that dude that like if you need something to get done black dynamite will go out and get stuff accomplished black dynamite is that muscle like he's that dude yeah. that just rely on but if you need something like thought out and stuff like that bullhorn is your dude bullhorn was that one that's like hey i need to come up with a plan on how to do this and this you know i mean come up with a master plan that was bullhorn mm. bro <laughs> see like, no and the thing with those those four it feels like combined they round each other out very well it's like you have this strong black man strong black woman you have this very low-key brilliant um smart guy uh kind of you know strategist and then you have cream corn who's kind of like a mascot in a way yep he's (laughs) just kind of kind of there for comedic for more comedic effect i guess you can say but I don't know. I guess Cream Corn has some moments, but you know, if at best it's more like for comedic effect. But combined, I, I can kind of imagine them being like a very good team, kind of like what uh, the Always Sunny gang tried to do at one episode, to where they were trying to figure out like what is our team dynamic, and Black Dynamite pretty much fills those roles um, naturally because you know them by themselves. It's like okay they have enough character on their own and together they make a pretty good team. So, mm. yeah. I recommend Black Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Corny as hell, though. Yeah, you got some good, well-rounded characters. You don't, like, they're characters you don't need to know a history about or anything like that. Only thing you need to know is they're who they are, bro. Like, you're you going to love them, you're going to hate them. And you're not yeah. really going to hate them. You're just going to love the characters. Like, even Cream Corn with all his cousins. I was saying they're not too complicated. It's like they're simple enough to where, okay, uh, you don't have to be too complex of a character for me to enjoy uh, what you're presenting. Because uh, all you have to do is just have the attitude and you got it. And they they got it. Okay. <laughs> Black Dynamite, y'all. They sh- it's on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, you can't get anywhere else because Hulu got all rights to it right now. Best believe I missed watching my Black Dynamite. Went back and watched that whole series twice before I had to get rid of Hulu. Rest oh. in peace. <laughs> oh, you know what? This reminds me. You know how Disney owns Hulu, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how they're trying to, at least there's a rumor going on to where Sony and Disney is making a deal to where they're going to add the Spider-Man movies to yeah. Disney+. Plus. But they're not so sure about Venom. But here's what I'm thinking now. What if they're trying to get Venom, but since it's a little too, you know, Venom (laughs) to be on Disney Plus, what if they just add it to Hulu? That makes sense to me. No, no, definitely makes sense. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens on to it. I can't. I would love for that to happen. 
But I just don't see it happening like right now. You just gotta you know, wait a little bit and see what happens there. But it'd be a definitely yeah. really good idea. Yeah, yeah. And you know, kind of speed that thing up. Uh, if you have any listeners who want to share this out, you know, get like a few thousand, maybe a few million people to be like, okay, yeah, we can kind of see that happening. Yeah, who are you gonna Disney? You trying to make that happen? It's like, well, you know, millions of people are now uh, suggesting it because of this one, these two guys on a podcast. So <laughs> might as well <laughs> make it happen. You know? Yeah, make it happen. Come on. Like. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see what we got going on. Okay. I think we got Black Dynamite pretty much we got that out the way. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the thick of our conversation. The Boondocks. Uh, oh, I actually have a question. Oh, go ahead. Did you read the little um, newspaper comment strips before you watched the show, or have you ever yeah. read the comment strips? I did. Watch, I did read the comment strips. Man, talking about some conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know you read those comment strips and they're funny, but it also makes you think, though. Like it. Yeah, like so when you see those funnies in um paper, it's like yeah, it's like that's why some people read the uh, newspaper because they don't they not only get a laugh out of it, but you don't know, get all the information. Like okay, uh, got me thinking about the world a little bit. <laughs> true, true. And for those who know, for those listening, that is the main reason that Boondocks happened. Was specifically started off with just these little comic strips that he put in the new that he put in the newspaper. It wound up selling off. People was like really interested in what it was that he was writing. Was wanted to know the history because it starred our main, our two main characters, of course, from the series Huey and Luke. Huey, uh, I say Huey. Lord mercy, <laughs> <laughs> Riley and Huey, and um, it it stars off with our two main people here, and they just like doing all different types of stuff, man. Like you got Huey sitting here doing all these little soap boxes. He just Staying in the corner, preaching all types of stuff to people, whether people are listening or not, all types of conspiracies, things like that. And stuff made sense. And because it made sense, they were like, hey, this, this guy is show. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with the boondocks, oh my God, it's funny and it does make you think just like the comic strips. With some of the political topics that they cover and some of the topics in black uh, community yeah it kind of gives you a little perspective but in a funny way like the whole thing with R. Kelly I like how <laughs> Riley straight up un- like decimated Tom in a battle of debate over R. Kelly is like yo uh, what you got against R. Kelly, man? Like, if I was in that situation uh, and I didn't want to get uh, peed on, I would move out of the way. And then the girl on trial said the same thing. And I was like, yeah, see there? I was like, oh, wow. You got beat by an eight-year-old, dude. Feel bad for yep. yourself. <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that this one, like, the first season just lets you know exactly how the series would go. Honestly, the first episode, you mentioned R. Kelly. Yeah. You uh, were making that speech? Yes. And then all the white people going crazy. And then granddad saying, was this, was this that dream that you had when you told the white people the truth? 
and then they all went crazy and started attacking each other. You can't tell <laughs> people the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. I was like, they, will, they, they don't like that. It's called the backfire effect. It's like they their cognitive dissonance will make them go mad because they can't process this new information that conflicts with their beliefs. You can't do that. That caused drama. And then that's how wars get started. Because people, some people just don't like hearing the truth and they take it, things too far. They start feeling the type of way. What's that thing they say? You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Yeah. I mean, think about it like this. Like, um, sorry, we're really not trying to be too political. I mean, I know we kind of do in previous episodes, but um, we're really not trying to uh, get too political, like, you know, trying to pick sides and whatnot. But just to show y'all, just based on observation, too, you can just see it for yourself. You know how four years ago when we had that presidential um, debate and you know the president uh, campaign and all that they when all said and done a certain faction of this political phenomena they were like yo your team lost get over it now fast forward to mm, a few months ago like back in January uh, the the, the, uh, the opposing team, excuse me, the opposing team won this round. And then, let's just say red team versus blue team. So red team won last four years. Now blue team won this year. And now red team's feeling some type of way. I was like, bruh, y'all lost. Deal with it. It's literally the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, like you just can't be telling people the truth because sometimes they just go crazy and you have that thing that's going on in the capital to where like no they can't handle this loss this 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 doesn't uh, sit right with me we we have to act out because we just this outcry the the outcries <laughs> but yeah you gotta be very careful with the truth because some people just don't they want to live in this delusion that this is a, how the a certain way the world works. Like they want to believe that's how the world works, and I'm just like, bro, you, oh you, you clearly don't understand the concept of coexistence. <laughs> uh, but uh, Boondocks, yes. Uh, what's another moment in the Boondocks that? Oh my God. Um. Uh, the episode where Tom was accused of being part of the whole Xbox thing. Oh, and... Xbox. So, yeah. Yeah. So, apparently he got mixed up into that. They thought he had something to do with it for some reason. And uh, he Mass was so... He didn't. Yeah. But the whole thing was, uh, I like how he was like so afraid of getting raped in uh, prison. But it kind of... Uh, if you want a scare straight in like 20 minutes, there you go. Just watch that episode, and there you go. Um, that's all you need to know about, it. bruh. Do not be a criminal, otherwise, shit like that will happen to you. Like, it, it happens. 
if you want a continuation of that, remember the uh, episode of the Booty Warrior. <laughs> yeah. That disturbed me. Like, especially what happened with Chris Hansen. Like, that disturbed me. It did. I was like, but I, I'm not here based, for this, bro. <laughs> it specifically was based off a mix of the Scare Straight program and exactly what happened with this guy. And it was based on a real dude. And some people literally flipped out about that. Like, wait, wait, wait. This is a real dude? They said, yeah, you never knew? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes some people forget that comedy is just a humorous observation of things. Like, just because, yeah, we're not just making it up. We're, exp- we're exposing the world in a humorous way. Almost as if we're like revealing the darkness of the world, but putting a smile on it. So that way it's like, oh, well, you know, that's nothing new under the sun. You know, we got this deranged rapist going around raving men because, you know, he just likes ass that much. You know, (laughs) that's why we have like pedophiles and. Uh, the sex trafficking and all that because, you know, people just they, yeah, like and that kind of also explains where, you know why black men are four times more likely to be locked up for any reason other than other people mainly because, you know, prisons they have this thing now, like, back in like a few decades ago, um, you know they were like private but now most of them are under one organization to where they pretty much make these prisons go under a quota to where the more full it is, the better. So that's why they kind of do the whole thing with the war on drugs to where they feel the need to where we need some kind of excuse to lock you up because we need to meet quota. Like we need this money. Like we need to keep this prison running. So we need to start trying to crack down on some of these potential miscreants going around, kind of like psychopaths, where they're just running around in their cars and be like, uh, that look like a latent criminal right there. Hey, you, come here. Are you up to something? I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that is the darkness of the world. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Boondocks talks about, like, specifically in a comedy way, like, just like kind of how Black Dynamite did it for during that time period. Boondocks is this time period's exploitation of all the effed up stuff in the world that tries to get hidden all the time. That's literally what it is. Like, it's just, no, no, no. You live in effed up times. Like, it has, things have changed. Some stuff got better. Some stuff got worse. Boondocks is that one that's like, if you didn't have a chance of seeing it, if you're blessed enough to where you never had to see it happen, Watch this! Sh- watch this! Sh- this show, man! Like you open your eyes and tell you like, oh, this is actually what's happening in the world. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. But you're also gonna laugh off about it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely gonna laugh about it. But uh, <laughs> hey, now I want to mention my favorite episode of the Boondocks. You can judge me for this if you want. My favorite episode is the fundraiser. Oh no, I like that one. All right. <laughs> no, it's the one where it's basically a Scarface parody where Riley 
he is trying to sell chocolates um, for the school fundraiser. But the thing is, he's trying to be all sneaky about it and be like, yo, let's just keep all the money. And we just try to stack up from there. But I was like, bro, you can't do that. Like, you're supposed to give that money back to the school. But, you know, they went a little too far with it. Tried to recruit Jasmine, that one nerdy kid, uh, Cindy, and things went south. Like, Huey tried to warn Riley, but Riley like, no, 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 no. You always ruin it by you're talking your bullshit, your Confucius bullshit every time. Like, no, I won't be surprised this time. And then, like, he was like, okay. All right, I see. You. All right, well, in all fairness, take, take this. this and he just gave him a, yep, yep. And I was like, what's this for? Like, hey, you told me not to say anything. And I was like, <laughs> I was like all right. How? How? you trying to save your life because he's your brother. Like, try that. <laughs> yeah, and but then it's like all that shit played out to where he really needed that bulletproof vest. I was like, and then he just rolled, but he was like, why you didn't tell me that she was going to give away the money? Because, you know, Jasmine, uh, she thought she was going to do the right thing about, you know, the fundraising, you know, for what it was meant to be for. So, you know, they gave the money <laughs> to charity and all that. And then... He lied to her about what it was for. <laughs> yeah, he, he lied, so she had no idea. So that was on him. But Huey, you know, he kind of predicted all of that because... He knew that Riley wasn't going to be straight up with Jasmine. He knew that Riley had to trick Jasmine into helping him. Uh, So, of course, by trying to warn him, he was like, no, I want to be surprised this time. And I was like, okay. And I was like, why didn't you tell me that she was going to get away the money? I was like, you told me not to say anything. (laughs) See you there? Maybe listen to me. Shit. I'll be telling you this shit um, just to condescend you. You see what? How you got that um, bullet in that vest now? Mm-hmm. I will say probably one of the things about the characters how they always like. I love the development <clears throat> of each character. I love Riley. I love Granddad. I love Huey. Huey, of course, was always been my favorite character. But oh yeah, definitely. I would say what I like is how they made it kind of realistic for him too. Huey wasn't always right. And yeah. his main reason for it, when everyone talks about it, it's like, you know, you're not right all the time. Of course I'm not right all the time. I'm 10. I'm 10 years old. <laughs> I'm smarter yeah, like, than here, but... <laughs> and that's how I feel to, um, to a degree to where some of us, yeah, we're smart individuals, but yo, we're not right all the time. Like, I know I make my mistakes. I know I'm not 100% accurate about everything. I I can sound like a dumbass sometimes. I know, I know. But, you know, that's just the thing because I don't want to feed into the perfectionism to where I have to be 100% accurate about everything all the time. Otherwise, people are not going to trust my word on things. And then that's where it's like, you know what? Stop that. Because, first of all, being a perfectionist isn't exactly the move. I mean, it's a good motivator, but not exactly. And second of all, it does sound like people-pleasing, which you shouldn't really be doing. Because you're out here trying to be 100% accurate and 
impartial to where you're trying to win at all parties. And I was like, no, uh, you're just going to tire yourself out trying to be Christ-like to these people. Like, no, that's too much pressure. I mean, I know pressure makes diamonds, but it's unnecessary, though. So stop that. Um, just just appreciate that you are smart, that you do have a good head on your shoulders, but don't pressure yourself too much trying to be the smartest person in the room because otherwise you just come up as some dick that nobody's going to like. It's kind of like Rick Sanchez in the Vindicators episodes where, yes, he's the smartest person in the room, but he's a total asshole about it. So who cares what you have to say if you're an asshole? Sure. Like at least with Huey, it's like he tried to be like cool with you. So I was like, okay, I can listen to you because at least you don't come at me like I'm the dumbest piece of shit on the planet. So yeah, like sometimes it's about how you talk to people too, like how you approach people. Because who's gonna listen to a sage who disrespects um the people he preaches to? True. Yes, sir. Just went to a whole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, some of this shit, you know, gets gets to me. But trying to get back to the boondog. Uh, what's another moment I like? Oh, grandpa, uh, grandpa versus granddad. Stink. My bad. Yeah, stink meter. I was gonna meet that. Said that. Uh, ugh. but yeah, granddad versus stink meter. <laughs> I like how they made a whole like saga out of that. Like once per season like he always come back in some form or fashion bruh that was see the thing about it is I I did like season 3 I understand season 3 was one was a season that he got put that on Sean was put out a lot on so he didn't get the chance to do as much of his writing in season 3 like he wanted to Mm. but I did appreciate I still appreciated Stink Meaner's crew like, I did appreciate that one. But that one did not do as good to me as, like, the first and second. Like, in all honesty, the yeah. second one to me, dude beat the devil, came back, was like, I can't, I beat the devil. What, I think I've heard this phrase before, and it's like, what? It said, we come out. Actually, I think it was from Black Dynamite. Now I think about it. It, said, mm-hmm. you, it was out of from Black Dynamite. It was, no, it was from Dolomite. I came from hell from beating the devil's ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a line specifically in the in the show Dolomite um, that he that was in there that was in there Eddie Murphy had um had in there, and that was literally what he put. He's like, I came from hell for whooping the devil's ass just to come and show you how to make some crash. <laughs> I was like, wait. What? Now listen, you see how this go full circle. We just don't just throw out these topics like there is. Some logic no. to this mat. There's a method to this madness sometimes. So it's like you see how this connects like this. It does, and that's one of the things that you appreciate because it's like that phrase came to life in the second episode. Stigma, dude, literally beat the devil's ass and was like, "All right, all right, you've earned your chance to as a second chance in life." <laughs> so I send you back as a ghost <laughs> of all people to take over. Tom <laughs> takes over white. <laughs> Take us over, white boy Tom. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, and then uh, we got to mention Uncle Ruckus. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> like 
my favorite episode with him was his backstory with uh his dad and all that. And he was like, nigga, did I just catch you having fun? I was like, oh, my baby. I was like, bro, I made so many memes based off that. Like, check out the meme outpost zone on Facebook, listeners, if you want to see some of those memes that I be making about this dude because it applies so much. It's so memeable. It's like, uh, imagine this. Uh, say Kokugatsu here was one of those kind of um, video game players that stay on easy mode. Like, he plays easy mode, and then here I come walking up, one of those hardcore gamers, to be like, nigga, did I just catch you on easy mode? Slap the shit out of him. <laughs> like, it applies to so many things, like, oh, uh, yes. Omni-Man um, creeping up to Invincible, like, did I just catch you having feelings for humanity? <laughs> hey, you should make that one. That one's gonna go far. You should make that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna work on that one. I'm gonna work on it. <laughs> like I, I'm telling you, man, it applies to so many things. But I, I'm gonna do it. Uh, we'll say in case some of you guys, if you are having trouble finding out finding that episode, that episode along with one other one, unfortunately, was one of the episodes that was actually taken off of the air. They were not allowed to show. They they were showed it on t- on television one time. After it showed on television once, it had got hit so badly that they had no choice but to remove it from television, and you were not allowed to watch it. And so the only way you were able to watch Uncle Ruckus's backstory, that whole episode, unfortunately, was only during, like, if you know where to watch it at online, um, because even some online platforms didn't have it. Netflix wouldn't even show that episode, but they showed some of the other episodes um, back when they were showing Boondocks for a little bit, too. But unless you had the DVD for season three, then you were able to actually watch that episode. And you were like, yo, how come they took this off? It was because it was it was an abuse of children. America does not like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many times Uncle Rock, Uncle like the fact that his eye children. is messed up because his dad slapped him in the face that many times. <laughs> Did I just catch you trying to beat somebody? <laughs> <laughs> All right, damn! This like it's real. It's like that. It's like, oh, your eye was born. No, his eye wasn't born like that. He got slapped in the same side of face every single time. It's the same side of face that the dude has a bug out of. He can barely see out of. Now nah, it's abuse. This child abuse. They don't like showing it on TV. <laughs> They're like, no, you gonna take that away. Uh. And it's funny because uh, they portrayed his father being like the type of dude is like, oh, well, you know, he's just mad because the white man makes him work and he's lazy. <laughs> no. Then they dove into that. No, what it was is that he was abused at work. He was abused all the time. He was abused at work. He was abused on the way to work, on the way home. He was just always abused. And when he came back, he abused his kids to get them prepared for the abuse that society would have. It was his way. It was his tough love of toughening them up to be ready for society. And Mm. I mean, we don't go into a whole nother political thing. I'm a father of four. That episode hit me the hardest in that aspect. When I realized I had kids, like when I had kids, it was just like, that's that moment you realize. And it's it's that uh, question that you have changed the world. Prepare my kids. Yo, uh, kind of off topic, but 
how did that one episode of Fresh Prince make you feel when uh, Will's father um, walked out on him and then he had that whole improvised speech about how he's going to treat his kids and all that? Oh, yeah. Like, that hurt. <laughs> that yeah, I was like, like, I felt that shit. I like, ooh. It's like, you can cut the air with that tension. I was like, mm-hmm. like, it's like one of those episodes where you're just laughing and have a good time and you get to that ending to where, okay, kind of settle down a little bit. And then, you know, the music, like it, it like, it got cold. Like it just felt like you just got so zoned in on Will having that moment that you're just like, Oh, yeah. It was, it was a real moment into that. Cause like, I think it hit me hard because of the fact I thought that was what was probably going to happen to me when I finally met my dad again. And I still haven't like met him again, but we had a chance of finally connecting back again after years, unfortunately, of him being gone. And that was that was a hard thing watching that episode because it's like, like when I was a kid, apparently it was a thing that I was always told by my spiritual grandmother and my neighbors and stuff they say yeah when you was a kid you always ask when am i gonna see my daddy again when am i gonna see my daddy again and growing up i'm like i don't remember that and it was one of those things i realized it was a suppressed memory it was was something that happened but because of how much it hurt my brain suppressed it and i didn't even know that that was how i was feeling because my brain kept it locked away deep inside Mm -hmm. because it hurt so much Instead of me feeling the pain, they just completely lock away what actually hurts. And that was a fear that I had that, you know, if that ever happened, like if I see him, he comes back, but then only just to leave again. Could I really handle that? So to see Will go through that, that was tough. And in fact, we're still talking about Boondocks in this case. Another thing that kind of like ties into one of the things that the biggest question, if you ever watched the series, what happened to Huey and Riley's parents? Yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah, like, On, when we introduced Granddad is sole ownership of the boys, he's raising them in his form of fashion, <laughs> his own way. But, you know, they... they Obviously, when the when their parents passed, because you know you know they're dead. So when their parents mm-hmm. passed, Riley was too little to know, but Huey was old enough to remember. So it's like, what happened? You know, is it is is there a reason of why it is that Huey and Riley are so very different? Like they're brothers. He looks after his brother, his little brother, best he can, but he's so very different because you know they talk about that one episode where they wound up having to go back after grandpa's bet after his best friend in a sense had died mm-hmm. so they wound up having to go back to the funeral and huey had wound up having to reconnect with some of his old friends and that connection did not go well because mm-hmm. they were like no you're not down for cause and you know made fun of the whole woke people taking woke too far like like bro hold on it's one thing to be woke it's nothing just to start coming up with stupid stuff type of thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, they made a ploy in that episode. But then, there was still like a main thing into that. Like, you know, he goes back, he reconnects with them, and he's understanding that 
they're not the reason that he is the way he is. It, who else is it? <clears throat> is it really his parents? His parents are the reason that he that he that Huey is the way that he is, that he views the world the way that he views it. Mm-hmm. What where is that? Like, you know, I, I that's one of those things that I really, really wanted to see. And I'm be honest, when we announced season four, I was hoping that we were gonna get that closure. And then when I announced that season four was coming out and LaShawn was not gonna be part of it. <laughs> I was like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that does put things in perspective uh not to get into too much detail but before my birth father passed away uh three days after my 16th birthday uh you could say that on the outside on a uh another person's perspective we didn't have a picture perfect relationship but you and say that I did feel loved by him and one of the main things he wanted to teach me uh, in a way kind of like what Mr. did in that Uncle Ruckus backstory he wasn't abusive but it was more like he at least wanted me to be tough enough to handle the world so I can kind of relate to that whole Mr. Ruckus thing and thankfully I do have both my mother and my stepfather now and uh I do want to say, yes, it is very important to have both a mother and a father in your life. Like, even if, yeah, they do pass away, I, that's understandable. But to have a relationship with them, like a good relationship with them, that's a blessing. Because apparently a whole lot of people is out there with um, a bad relationship with either one or both parents. And you wonder why they're so messed up. And, um... That's why I can kind of relate to Huey because you didn't even have to really tell me how where Huey got that from because when my father passed away, I became a whole different person since then. It was like, honestly, I used to be a total crybaby before he passed away. After he passed away, I would say only cried like three, four times in the past 14 years only three four times in in the whole 14 years otherwise no matter how sad i was i just couldn't even cry if i wanted to because i knew i had to be tough enough to accept the l that I'd taken like sometimes you just got to be that tough that resilient in order to survive in the world and i feel like that's what my father before he passed away wanted uh, to teach me even though he didn't really use words but it was more like in an indirect way that he taught me that. So, um, yes, having a mother, having a father, a great relationship with them is very good thing to have. So be blessed if you do have that. And if you don't and you have a chance to make repairs to it, go for it. See if it works out for you. It makes a big difference. Like, definitely. It's, it's one of those things that... <clears throat> You may think that, oh, I can get along well without it. No, it is a need. Not just a want. It is a need. You, you kind of need to have that type of relationship. You need to have a good relationship. It doesn't always pan out that way, but still, do your best. That's all you can do is just do your best. Yeah. 
Uh, a few more Boondocks moments, and then we can just go ahead and call it a night on this one. Uh, I like the duo between Ed Wansler the third and his friend Remy. <laughs> I mean, Remy. Yeah, I like those two. Like they were like for white dudes, they were like the blackest dudes on the show. I was like Jesus. Them was the hardest dudes. On, man, not not even Ed Ed Wansler. Like Ed, Ed Wansler the third. He he was just that dumb dude that was just down, like try to be down for whatever type of thing. Man, Remy Remy was that dude. Remy was that yeah. one. And he I had mean, the mindset, he, definitely. He he was bullhorn black dynamite, bro. That's the <laughs> that was he is the white he is the white bullhorn, bro. He had plans, he had ideas, and man, if he didn't put stuff into motion, the only reason his stuff his plans didn't work out was because of Ed's dumb behind. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like that is pretty reckless. Like he he's hot headed. He he got an itchy trigger finger. I'm like, yeah, Ed, come on, man. man we had a plan. It's like Luffy it, and Law from One Piece, where Law is like, Luffy, we had a plan. God damn it. <laughs> Look, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. <laughs> God damn, Rummy. Okay, that line will stick with me forever. <laughs> Because it is the truth. The, af- the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Just because there's an unknown doesn't mean that, just because there's an unknown unknown doesn't mean that it's a known unknown. And this dude was like, what? What? <laughs> Even now, I'm, I'm listening to you like, what? <laughs> like, I am so confused. Like, okay, there's known unknown and there's unknown unknowns and now I'm like but what's the unknown unknown that's the shit people will never tell you see the <laughs> shit that you had to figure out on your own that's the shit people don't want to tell you mm-hmm. he was like look just simple terms I think actually I did I had to explain this to him he's like man I don't understand what it means I said okay put it this way yeah you know air is there right yeah you breathe it right yeah can you see it no so how do you know it's there if you can't see it because you just know Exactly. Well, <laughs> <he> <laughs> <blow> my mind. <laughs> how you know? How you really breathing there? You, you only because you were told this. <laughs> it's a. No, it's all no, about no. the programming your mind, bro. You were programmed to believe this. Exactly. They tried to say, "Hey, nitrogen to kill you, oxygen to kill you too." And you know, every time you take a deep breath, you're inhaling. A good bit of O2 and and N2? And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm breathing, wait, hold up, what? You're breathing stuff that can kill you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's airborne viruses and whatnot, so yeah, you can kind of see why people are wearing masks in these days, nowadays, because, you know, you may never know what you're breathing in. Exactly. I'm breathing in the chemicals. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> nobody did that. I just had to. I had to. I'm sorry. You're good. Hey, if I can mention one other character, man, we we briefly mentioned in Cindy, but we got to mention Cindy. Am I the only one that was so upset that Cindy was dropped? Because I really thought that she and Riley was about to be a thing, bro. 
Yeah, it kind of felt like she was very underused because she was like the opposite of Jasmine to where almost like a very good compliment to Riley, too, to be honest, because she was like one of those hardcore chicks that just didn't take shit for anybody. She kind of had Angelica vibes, but older. Mm-hmm. You know, Angelica from Rugrats, in case I confuse some of the listeners. Yeah. Oh, don't forget, there's a new Rugrats coming out, too. If you guys want uh, want us to review into that, let us know. We'd love to. We'll probably watch it and give a review of how badly they destroyed our childhood or how good they remember. Well, hold on. Our hold on. Hold on, bro. <laughs> okay. First of all, yes, watch the new Rugrats. It should be on Paramount Plus later on this month. But hold on, bro. I saw the um, trailers, and yes, it is in 3D. But because they kept the original um, sound effects and all that and the original voices, I'm like, let's give this a chance. Hold on. Hold on. Let's give this a chance. Okay. I mean, we're we going to see. We're going to see. That's what I was like. We're going to see. Into I saw the trailer, too. The trailer seems good. And necessarily always mean to follow through. You know, how many yeah, shows I mean, like, you- <laughs> I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect, but I'm saying, like, hold on. Let's just give it a chance, though. And as soon as we find out they fucked up, okay, okay. Abort mission. We thought it was lit, but okay, we found out there. No, no, I'm not here for this. Yeah, we gonna see. We'll, we'll review it and we gonna see. You know, let us know. But yeah, yeah. like Cindy was, <clears throat> Cindy was a badass character, man. Like I love Cindy, and I was like, why? Why is she not here? Where is she at? How you just get rid of her? Like. <laughs> She's not a character you just get rid of, like. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Trade. Trade his dad. Anyway. Don't like you. Me on that. Okay. Uh. What? Oh. Um. I want to mention my favorite episode of all. Like you said, your favorite was the Scarface Fun. episode. You want to know mine? Which one? Oh, the fundraiser episode. Uh, my favorite was the Red Ball, the uh, Kickball episode. Oh, like, I love that one. <clears throat> yeah. Just to paint a picture for the listeners. Okay. They have this kickball team. They have to assemble a kickball team with uh, mostly, well, it wasn't really all kids, but, um, you know, they cheated. Anyways, they had to get as many people as possible because apparently Ed Wunsler, uh, you know, the older one, he basically made a deal with, I guess they were like Chinese um, mm-hmm. folks. He did. Yeah. He, made, he made a deal with a rich Chinese tycoon and wound up betting the, enti- the entire city. <laughs> yeah, he bet the whole city on a kickball game. And the funny thing was the people that the Chinese had, they were like trained up like Mortal Kombat type shit. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat type training. Yeah, like they had this one little girl, uh, Ling, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of getting into Huey's head to kind of throw him off his game. But before all that, basically, Huey, he was very good at kickball, but there was an accident that made him want to quit. And then they just kind of... 
incapacitated and was unable to play anymore, and he felt bad because he took away this dude's career. <laughs> but turns out that was just a that was just a fake out because the dude that he took out, he was faking that shit. He was perfectly fine. Like at once he showed up, like yeah, the kid that you knocked out, he's fine. Like he's cool. Like, uh, and then basically we just had to like take you out because you were too good. Exactly. Like, yeah, I'm like, what kind of shit is this? So, yeah, Huey got back into the game, and Ling tried to psych him out throughout the game, but it was kind of working up until they started mocking him in Chinese, uh, or were they Korean? I don't know. Uh, I don't even know anymore. Never but either way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, they were mocking him, and a um, in their native language, and he would surprise them by speaking the same language, and I was like, oh, shit. And then he got his juice back, and then as soon as Lean got up, that's when shit turned to Avatar The Last Airbender out of nowhere to where this dude had, like, this swirling whirlwind around him. He was throwing the ball up the air. He jumped up in the air, kind of like Dragon Ball Z type shit, with his spinning kick. The ball became a fireball, and then Ling just get ready with her leg. Like, her leg was like blue fire, and gonna kick the ball. It broke her leg. It broke her leg, and then as soon as it said that back to Huey, Huey had to stop it with his bare hands, and I was like, oh my god. This fireball. Yeah, and kind of broke both his arms. It popped the ball, and then Ling was trying to crawl to first base because, you know, she still wanted to win, but Huey was able to get up and take the smoldering ashes of the ball and then just, eh, there you go. You're out. <laughs> hey, bruh, that was like the most... And the sound, like, the music they used for that whole scene, it was so powerful. That was like, oh, my God, I am here for this. I don't oh. And is the fact that that was the lowest rated episode of the entire Boondock series. And I'm talking about they even rated that lower than a lot of episodes in season four. And I was like, how, bro? How? This one is like straight up anime related. Like, come on. This was this was it. How do you that rate was this an anime episode? dude? How did you rate this lower than fried chicken flu? Oh god, like that one uh, episode with the itis. <laughs> yes. That was a good one too. So it's like there's so many good episodes to the Boondocks. Like my daughter is, is watching now. She's ten. She she's found um they're starting to play it now um again on Adult Swim, but she can't stay up super late to watch it. So what she does is she puts it on recording. So when it comes on, and then that way, like the middle of the day when her brother and sister is taking naps and stuff, she puts it on because she wants to be just as something to watch. And she's enjoying it. Like she she is enjoying it right now. Like just she's like, what is this? Like it's hilarious, it's crazy. I just what is this? <laughs> <laughs> the Boondocks. I believe it's also on Hulu. So yeah, check it out whenever yeah. you get a chance. I believe it's also on Prime Video, but I'm not a hundred percent on that one. I might look into it later on. No, but, um, how about we check that? I can check that out right now because it is. I'm just sitting here playing Lego Marvel, trying to lock characters for my kids to play. I can definitely be watching some Boondocks right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, either Hulu on Prime Video, maybe both, but uh, maybe 
I'm not 100% on that, but do check it out. With that said, um, that's about the end of our episode. Um, we did get to all the topics, and Jeremy is almost your cue. Uh, do you have any closing remarks before we close this out? I do. We talked about a lot today of just guys like there's a lot going on in the world. Biggest thing right now is eliminate the hate. Like we love each other. Just come on. We can do this. Let's mm. let's be us. Let's be real. We can be real. We can be honest. We don't have to be rude. You can be good. Just live life and enjoy, man. Enjoy us all. Enjoy everyone. Enjoy your moments. Enjoy if your family. Enjoy friends. Enjoy your neighbors. You never know when it's going to be a last breath, especially now with COVID. I mean, things are getting better now. We have, we obviously, we got some stuff now we can just do. We can just, we have vaccines to kind of allow us to be able to get back out there again. Just come on, like live life, be good. Just do you. You know, do you. And I do want to yeah. mention while I'm here really quick, you can check out Black Dynamite season one. I don't know about season two, unfortunately, but Black Dynamite season one is on Amazon Prime Video. Um, mm. Seasons one through four of Boondocks is also on Amazon Prime Video as well. So best believe I will be watching right now. But yeah, I mean, my close remarks is just love yourself, love each other. And don't stop. Don't give up. Just keep pushing. Keep moving. Just do your best. And I just wanted to add also, within more high ground, sometimes life is more bearable when you can see the humor in things. Like, not in everything because some things, that's just too far. But you know what I mean. Like, don't take life way too seriously. Find a reason to smile and laugh and about something in the world because you know laughter is the best medicine at time at, at this that's why i'm trying to watch more comedies than action adventure and all that because I, as much as i love those things like sometimes you need something to keep your spirits up when you're going through things whether it's not just the current events going on on a national scale but sometimes when you have personal problems like sometimes you just need a good comedy to pick yourself up so that's why we were recommending black dynamite and the boondocks yeah and cannon busters you know that was just add on and uh, it's kind of funny too but you know just add on but um yeah sometimes you just gotta find some type of way to keep laughing keep smiling because that's a good sign that you still have hope for the world yeah and with that said Let's go ahead and close this out. This has been Jet Bucket Stream with Kokugatsu on the Zone Podcast. Stay tuned for when we do parts two, three, and maybe a fourth on Star Wars later on this month. We're also going to do Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, Sunday nights around this, um, this month. So we're going to try to get as many episodes out as possible within a month along with some throwback topics that we got in mind for instance uh we did have some recommendations for like lilo and stitch uh we decided okay let's try add on to that crossover that they did with in lilo and stitch where 
Kim Possible, Proud Family, and Recess showed up, so we might as well talk about those shows, and it kind of expanded from there. So, um, if you ever got any recommendations on what we should review, uh, go to Zealous of Nerd Entertainment on Facebook and, you know, give some ideas. We might talk about it. Uh, yes. Until then, stay nerdy, my friends. Great things are coming.